Um, lots of um, Bible readings there. Uh, we didn't want to miss anything on the incarnation or the birth of Jesus, so you've got, you got them all. Um, I'm going to pray and um, just trust that God will speak to you in different ways. Um, it's a very, uh, the breadth of congregation in terms of age and experience is, is vast. So some of you have probably not been doing the Christian thing uh, at all. Some of you not very long. And some of you I don't like to say, but you've been doing it for lifetimes. Um, Lord, we thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to gather today. And we pray that you'd speak to us just as you spoke to Mary, to Joseph, and to others and people all the way down the ages. Lord, would you speak to us? For your servants are listening. Amen. Right, I can't really see you very well, but I think that's sort of how it works. It's harder to communicate if you can't see people and see their faces. So I don't know whether you can do anything about that. I'd love to be able to see a little bit of the congregation. And um, really difficult question first. Have any of you got any pets? Lots and lots of pets. Who really hates pets? Keep your hand up. I can't see very many people. One or two of you, one or two of you. Um, if Maybe could they go down a little bit? And the, the, the upper, Yeah, that's right. I really do need to see the congregation. Um, we had loads and loads and loads of pets when I was a child. My dad was a vicar. My mum worked for the health service. Uh, and somehow people could come round, they could be mistaken that they might be farmers or have some sort of small holding. So there were goats and there were chickens and there were cows and um, there were, have I said sheep? Have I said horses? Um, have I said bees and turkeys and all things? They didn't just have one or two chickens. My dad used to have a chicken coop with a hundred chickens in there. And they didn't just do gardening in a sort of ordinary way. Uh, there was an acre plot. And I learned very young to hate gardening and to hate, uh, <laughs> not to hate all pets. But um, anyway, so when, when our children were born, I thought, well, what are we going to do on this pet thing? And we haven't got one child or two ch children or three or four. And I know some of you can probably trump that, but I thought four was quite a lot. And I'm not sure that we needed four children and pets. So I went off to um, Theological College, which is a grown-up place that they try and train vicars to do things proper. And um, we thought, well, should we try this whole pet thing? And we weren't sure. We thought, well, what can we get away with? And we did try sea monkeys. I'm not quite sure where they come from or where they go, but they're part of God's creation, hallelujah. And uh, we thought, we know, we'll get some goldfish. And we got more than one goldfish, but it's a goldfish. What we didn't know about goldfish is they might be some of God's dirtiest creatures, because they used to poo and poo and poo and stink the place out and we used to have to clear it out. And we thought, before we leave theological college with the children, we've, we've got to find a solution for the goldfish. And some of you here are probably a bit too young to know this film, uh, but we were inspired by this film and working with whales rather than goldfish. Has anyone seen the film Free Willy? Well, we decided that we'd speak to a very, very important person at college who had a pond. They were really important. Not everyone had a pond at college. And we, we asked permission to release the goldfish into his pond. 
What we didn't tell the children, they're quite grown up now, and please don't tell them, is that we knew there was a pet heron living nearby. <laughs> anyway, on the goldfish theme, um, I saw this little film clip that I thought might just inspire us about the incarnation. Maybe the spiritual link there isn't very obvious. Um, but if I say that the goldfish in question was fairly defenceless, maybe that's got something in common with you and me. The goldfish was in extreme danger. Maybe that's got something in common with you and me. Uh, the enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The goldfish certainly need rescuing, and barking wasn't going to be a solution. I think um, we need rescuing. And God gave that answer for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. God has come to save us from ourselves, from the muck and the mess that we've got ourselves into. And I'll say a little bit more about him entering into our world. I just want to say a um, little story, sorry about this, but when I was in my first job as a sort of proper vicar, I went into a church that was quite traditional, and a um, wonderful minister used to um, do the Christmas Day talk. I wasn't sure that I was allowed to do it, and I was the rector, but I wasn't sure that the Christmas Day talk was something that was permitted. And um, so I let him do it one year, and uh, it became clear that he wanted to do the next year, so I'm sort of humble and meek and fearful. I let him do the second year as well. And it was exactly the same story. There is a link here somehow. Um, my colleague told a story about the incarnation uh, with two goldfish called Flip and Flop. I don't know whether we've got a picture there. And he'd given this same talk, I don't know for how many years. Can anyone guess the spiritual significance of two goldfish? If I was to say to you this is a metaphor, a way of describing the incarnation, um, God did come to rescue us, but the only way that he felt he could come to rescue us was to become one of us. And um, in this instance, to become a goldfish. Don't take this too literally, please. It's vital for God to enter the world. And I'm just going to say a little bit about this, that God in Jesus was fully human. This is where it gets a bit more technical 
and fully divine, fully human and fully God. He's both and. If Jesus was just human, he would have no power to transform us, no power over sin and death. If um, he was just God, maybe that just makes him out of reach and a little bit too unattainable. Uh, the Bible says in Colossians 1, 15 to 20, that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. He was there at the start, and in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. So in simple form, if you see Jesus, you see God. If you hear Jesus speak through the words of Scripture, you hear the very words of God. And he's come so that we can be like him, but first he became a bit like us, but without sin. Being both God and man, he came to be a bridge to form an eternal relationship with you and me between God and humans. In the reading we heard from Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, it puts it like this. He came to save the people from their sins. And just in case you're any doubt, in any doubt that might apply to you, it really does. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We believe also in the virgin birth. I'm going to focus a little bit on Mary's role. And this sounds a bit blunt, but you need to know that Mary wasn't raped or seduced by another man. It's the foundation of our belief, as the Bible teaches, that Mary was Jesus' mother and God was his father, that the Holy Spirit was active at his conception not Joseph. We know from Scripture that Joseph didn't think he was the father. As soon as he got an opportunity to, he'd planned to divorce Mary. But angels, God's messengers, spoke to Joseph and quite miraculously changed his heart and mind. And he took Mary to be his wife, to protect her and to defend her from all onslaughts. In the words of the Apostles' Creed, we believe that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. A little section here that I'm not an expert on. Some of you might be good at spotting things that aren't quite right. Uh, the uh, Christian teachers call it heresies. And I'm going to go through a few heresies to do uh, with uh, the incarnation, Jesus coming down in person, being fully um, God and fully human. The first heresy you'll find, if you, if you catch anyone doing this, trying to separate the two, you know there's something wrong about it. Some people... Um, say that Jesus was uh, not human. It was just a, a, an illusion, a figment of our imagination. But if you don't have a human body, you can't feel pain or suffering. You can't think like a human being. You don't really know what it's like to be a human being. God in Jesus thought it was important to know. Therefore, he came 
as a person with flesh and blood. We believe that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Another heresy suggests that uh, Jesus was simply a human. He wasn't God. He was a creature. That only God the Father is divine. And uh, he wouldn't dirty himself by coming down to earth and being amongst people like me and you. Lowly creatures. Puh. But we believe that Jesus, and you'll get this eventually, was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Others suggest uh, that, well, they try and separate the two and they find all sorts of ways of doing this, that the baby in Mary's tummy was really a human being and not God at all. So if that is true, Mary isn't the mother of God that Christians have celebrated down the ages. But we believe there's no separation. And this is hard to understand, but you just have to take my word for it. You might understand in time. You might never understand this fully. But this is fundamental to our faith that he was indeed fully human and fully God at the same time, and that Jesus was there at the beginning, that he's eternal, that he's one with God, he's one with us, those of us that believe in him, that he limited himself for a season in time and space, and I've not got time to talk about that this evening, that he entered our world to do the work of restoring you and me into relationship with an eternal God eternally. One of the scripture passages or the scripture passages that we've heard remind us and teach us that he is the Messiah, that he's Emmanuel, God with us, the light in the darkness. And here goes again. And that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Fully God, fully man. I just want to talk a little bit about the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, for most of you here, this won't be new to you. You'll have heard about and read about the Holy Spirit, and some of you will have experienced his love and power in your life. Maybe a, a conviction when you first came to faith. I remember being 14 when I had that conviction, there was a, a person preaching. I think I was about 14, 15. So any 14 or 15-year-olds here, this could be speaking to you. And the person spoke about Jesus and something was quickening in my heart and in my mind and there was a call to come to the front. But you know what? I didn't go. It took me another 10 years to respond to the call of Jesus to give my life to him I'm not saying that was a wasted 10 years, but it was a 10 years that I chose to do my life separately from God in my way, rather in God's way. Um, for my children, I pray that they don't get too far from God and mess up, because I'd much rather they had far less to confess when they bow their knee to him. 
And that might be a word for one or two people here tonight. The Holy Spirit reveals spiritual things through prayer, but maybe primarily through the scriptures, through the Bible. The Holy Spirit reveals God's manifest presence. And in the passage that we've heard tonight, um, um, did, did anyone, I don't we probably didn't hear it, but when Mary, I don't think we had it, when Mary visited Elizabeth, who was very, very pregnant and very, very old and shouldn't have been very pregnant, but was very old, the baby in her womb leapt in the presence of Jesus the Holy One, that was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit initiates and equips us for our unique calling. The Holy Spirit does a different work in each of us. In Jesus, he was anointed to be Messiah. There's only need for one of those. In, In John the Baptist, he was anointed to be a prophet. The Holy Spirit speaks life-giving, creative words, speaks things into being through the Scriptures, speaks things into being when we're in fellowship with God. And I would argue, prophesy his word into people's lives. The Holy Spirit is a seal and a stamp. When we give our lives to the Lord, we're his forever and ever. And we become, and you might not like this thought, brothers and sisters in Christ. Look around, but look through a lens of grace. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, Jesus, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Wow. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God, an eternal gift. I want to take you back, it's over 20 years now, to when I was in college and still knew nothing. And I don't remember very much about it. I do remember about goldfish and heron. But the other time I was sort of paying attention uh, as when they were talking about the Virgin Mary and Mary. And um, I, um, I suppose I've been brought up in a church tradition and you have to forgive me. No one's really listening, I don't think. But I thought people were a little bit weird who venerated Mary, like proper weird. I just, I just didn't get it at all. Why on earth would you pray to Mary when you can speak to the main man through Jesus? So I didn't get that at all. But in my contempt, and this is a little bit strong for people who did theology differently to me, and uh, there's a lot of contempt going around in the church, and it's not just on that sort of thing, so Lord forgive. Um, I missed something really important about Mary, and I've got one or two Greek words that I'm going to show off now. This is, well, this is the only one that I can remember from college, okay? Theotokos, which refers to Mary, and uh, it means that she is the mother of God. And in a very weak moment, this thought captivated me. Because there can only be one mother of Jesus, and there was only one way God chose to come into the world, and that was as a baby. 
I don't know what you've been asked to do or asked to hold. I mean, I get nervous passing drinks around that I'm going to spill something. Do you know what I mean? But how about you being the person, the receptacle, if you like, that holds God incarnate? I think it's absolutely extraordinary and mind-blowing to have been called to do that role. Mary was vulnerable herself. She was really young. She shouldn't have been getting pregnant at that age. They shouldn't have been getting pregnant out of wedlock in those days. It brought a lot of shame. If she had committed adultery, maybe she should have been stoned. But here she is, being asked by an angel and a messenger of the Lord to do this incredible task, which she probably couldn't even conceive, to be the custodian of the saviour of the world. I don't know what your calling is, but whatever it is, it can never, ever, ever, ever match what Mary was called to do. And what does she say? I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. I am the Lord's servant. May your word, Lord, be to me fulfilled. Vulnerable Mary, who travels a long way to go to Bethlehem, struggles to find anywhere to lay her head. A little bit later on, there's a king, King Herod, baying for Jesus' blood. But what about the vulnerability of Jesus, God in flesh? Like he had everything. He was there at the start of creation. And it's as if he traded all of that for a season to enter into a body of someone who is a bit of a nobody, actually, and if they knew, she would have been despised, I think, as well. And then, as a very, to trust himself to be looked after by human beings under a rulership of a king who hated anyone that might usurp his authority. Sorry about that word. I'll think of a better one next time. But Jesus was chosen and anointed at the beginning of time to do this unique task, to be saviour, eternal king. Elizabeth and Zachariah were chosen to be parents of John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus. Mary and Joseph were chosen uh, to be mother and father of the Son of the Most High. Mary had a choice. We all have a choice to obey or to disobey. But Mary, in fear and trembling, accepted the calling in her heart, in her mind, but quite extraordinarily in her body. Her body, the sacred vessel that would give birth to the Savior of the Word. And what does she say? I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. 
This is where I turn it round. You're all called and chosen. Some of you would be quite relieved it's not called to give birth to a baby. But you are being called to give birth to a new work of God that he can only do in and through you. We're all made uh, to be unique. We're all different. And we, like Mary, have a choice. Sometimes God births in us when we come to faith. Um, it's like we call, a, call it being born again. He, he puts his spirit in you. You need to know that you can't be a Christian without the Spirit of God, but God wants to give the Spirit of God to anyone who come to him in humility and confess their sins and agree to follow him. It's not that difficult, but it is that difficult as well because becoming a Christian is actually a tough call and that's why I waited an awful lot of years before I did it. But what I didn't work out at the time is that God wants the best for me and he was going to help me on that journey. So with God on my side, I could make that call. And why wouldn't you? Because we, life's a bit tough to do on our own. Maybe some of you, for the first time this evening, might respond to that call and say, yes, I want to be your servant, Lord. May your word, may your spirit be birthed in me. To others, maybe it's a specific calling. Maybe to do something different. Or maybe to do more of the same with a sense of renewing, you've got a little bit tired and lethargic in your Christian journey, and God might want to do something new in your life. The Holy Spirit would like to renew you, restore you, and set you on your path as a daily disciple of Jesus. Maybe finally, some of you this evening just need to know God's presence his assurance, his love, his inner peace. If that's you, I just encourage you not to miss the opportunity and let the same Holy Spirit who overshadowed Mary overshadow and fill you with his life-giving presence.